0: welcome to women waken a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships childhood and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency into a divine feminine state of love acceptance harmony and abundance on women waken we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has experienced most of the issues that I explore on this show. On today's guest episode, I welcome the wonderful Lorraine Milan lorraine resides in new south wales in australia so we had the pleasure of speaking to one another when we were experiencing separate solstices as we recorded this on the winter solstice in the northern hemisphere where i reside and the summer solstice where lorraine resides in australia lorraine is an award-winning author and soul intuitive she's written two beautiful books she's an emotional and spiritual mentor we have the most profound and wonderful conversation around how people truly have the keys to set themselves free and that despite atrocities, abuse, and challenges that they have faced in their lives, that every human being has a fundamental right for joy and love of themselves with others and to feel at peace and have a sense of freedom in their life. So take a listen and enjoy. Hello, Lorraine. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast.
1: Hello, Whitney, and thank you for having me.
0: So wonderful to have you on the show all the way from New South Wales, Australia.
1: Yeah, and we're in wine country. You're in wine country.
0: Fantastic. Mm. Drinking wine out in the, what did you say right now? It's 42 degrees
1: <laughs> Actually, it has been. Yeah. We've, we've got, it's it's cooled down a little bit, but we have been. And actually, it's funny. I'm from the Hunter Valley, but I actually don't like wine. So, oh, yeah. I've, I'm, yeah. I know. It's really, I know. The it's irony. Unusual, but, um, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> well,
0: that's lovely. And I love Lorraine that we are speaking today on the, Well, here it's the 21st of December. For you, it's the 22nd. You're in the future (laughs) right now. (laughs) You're in Tomorrowland. And so it's the 22nd, but it's still technically around the time of the solstice. Here in the Northern Hemisphere, we are having our winter solstice and you
1: are having your summer solstice. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're sort of happy that it has cooled down a little bit too. I can assure you. I'm sure.
0: I'm sure. So happy summer solstice to you. I hope you're basking in the cool down sun and the height of summer.
1: Yeah. Beautiful.
0: Wonderful. So Lorraine, you are an award-winning author and a soul intuitive. You've written a few books. You wrote the book, Spirituality, Evolution, and Awakened Consciousness, as well as the book, Breaking Free from the Chains of Silence." So you have an interesting background in that you've worked with children of abuse and individuals who have really kind of become addicted to victimhood. So I can see how this probably inspired you to want to look a little deeper at what, you know, how people deal with hardships, atrocities, trauma, and move out of a place of false beliefs that come from that or victimhood and into a place of more embracing and feeling whole as they are, despite what they've been through.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, I've worked with adults that were abused as children. So when, when I first started working with people, it's, it's not my history and, but my clientele, about 70% of them were childhood abuse victims. So I started documenting themes and what I could see that all of them had in common in what they were trying to deal with, you know, that feeling of not good enough, that feeling of being unlovable, that feeling, well, the false belief that they caused it, they were the the reason and all those sort of things. So it took me about 12 years and I just documented and I sort of kept a running um, document on what I was constantly finding when people were trying to recover, how, what stumbles they were falling on and where they were getting stuck in that victimhood. And for me, spirituality is there's no true path unless you're actually truly dealing with the truth of yourself. So whatever is unresolved within you becomes the life lessons that you need to learn and, and understand for you to evolve, to keep moving, you know, personal growth, whatever. We've got a lot of terminology for the same same thing. So I always say the victims of childhood abuse, they taught me a lot because they had to start from such a broken foundation. I, I, I see childhood abuse as breaking the foundation of that person underneath. You know, they've got nothing solid to stand on it they don't trust people and and there's a good reason why they don't and their radar is why do they understand that when people are indifferent towards you that they can go anywhere so their fear factor is higher so I found them um intriguing and inspiring to how you know what they were dealing with every day in their thoughts and, and, you know, this desire to feel whole. So, you know, I've enjoyed working with abuse victims and and now we're in, into the narcissistic abuse territory that more people are, are aware of what narcissism is. You know, if you go back when I was 20-year-old, we didn't have the, the terminology. We just thought that narcissism was someone that loved themselves more than anybody else and they were braggers and... You know all those kind of things. But when you get into it, narcissistic um, relationships, regardless whether it's family or partners or friends or even co-workers, are extremely abusive and extremely toxic. and they impact and affect us in lots of different ways,
0: yes, definitely. And so both of those circumstances, whether it's physical or emotional abuse, which you know emotional, Manipulative mental abuse from narcissist or physical abuse as a child, sexual abuse, really fundamentally impacts our beliefs about ourselves and about the world. Whether we can trust people, whether we can believe that circumstances are safe, whether we can feel secure, and all of those will affect how we live our lives. But the also thing that also the thing that I found, Lorraine, that interests me and that I've actually, it's great that you're on the show right now, because I've been speaking to this in a lot of episodes, because I've been talking a lot about releasing and letting go and really moving into this new year, ready to be able to utilize your strengths, go after your sole purpose. You can't do that unless you've let go of the past and let you, unless you've been able to let go of, you know, what you're referring to is, is, you know, these, these wounds, these fears, this victim mentality, because that will only keep us down. And but in order to do that we have to recognize the the truth about ourselves and the truth about what happened which is that what happened didn't change who we are and it doesn't change our potential and ability to move into the world we just need to sh- shift how we be- what we believe about ourselves
1: yeah and I, it's interesting because like when when people are in their victimhood and they hear let go a lot of people will respond with i'm trying yeah and i'd like to i don't know how so it's bridging that gap and and you know my my starting point for anyone is to understand their emotional reaction to what they've experienced because what happens is people start to believe that they are those emotions instead of feeling instead of knowing that's what you're experiencing, it's part of the experience, it's not your identity, it's not who you are. So getting people to understand the difference between your emotional reaction and the emotional baggage that you're carrying to the truth of who you are, you know, and I always say, you know, the truth of your soul, who you are, because your soul's never damaged. You know, we have all these experiences, but it's never damaged our perception of ourselves is damaged, our understanding of ourselves is misconstrued. so they're the things that you're dealing with. So really for people to let go they need to sort of understand that fundamental beginning point of okay, this isn't who I am, this is what I've experienced and that's for all types of trauma regardless of what it is that that's a starting point where, and it's and it's easy to say when you get it. Um, it's hard to get to that point where you do get it, and that's where you need, mm-hmm. yeah, you need people to that you trust, and you need people that you can debrief on and explore the c- concepts that you've got about yourself, and and sometimes just when we say to people, you know you know you're good enough if if the belief system is so strong that they don't believe that and we've all we've all experienced that where we've had a belief system we've worked out it's not true and then we've reverted back to it we've all I'm I'm sure there's no one listening that hasn't done that so it's it's really where you integrate that that new awareness and it becomes part of who you are part of your understanding of yourself
0: Completely, completely, and I appreciate what you're saying so much. And I, I absolutely understand that that reverting back to—I've experienced a lot of that in in my life with you know some early traumas and things I experienced. Which you know the things I experienced are worse than some and less than others, right? It's not the worst childhood life that I've, anyone could ever have, but for me, what happened for some reason really fundamentally created this belief that I was much less than everybody else that, and, you know, when you say people being resistant to just letting it go, I think it's because as I experienced, I I felt like those, that feeling that I was less than, and that I was, Mm. you know, a victim of circumstances, it, it, it felt like it had a hold on me. It felt like it wasn't something I could let go of because I would try and be like, okay, Mm. I, I can, you know, champion myself and say that I'm great and I have value. But I would just slump over with the slightest thing. If somebody said something rude, if I got rejected, if I didn't, something didn't happen or something that did happen, it was like, I felt like the muscles that everybody else had to be confident, to feel strong, to not, you know, care as much whether people think I felt like I didn't have those muscles. It felt like a fundamental deficiency. And (laughs) I think that that's what a lot of people who have been in challenging or abusive situations or have been a victim of some circumstance feel that way.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it, and it's interesting when I started working with people and because as a soul intuitive, I can read energy. I can't, I'm not clairvoyant. I don't tell futures. I don't do any of that, but I can just really read emotional energy and I can track it so I can map out people's emotions for them and and I can fill in the gaps sometimes where they know that they've got the emotion, but they don't understand why they've got it. So I can go in and track that and read it. And, and, and most times give people an answer to those questions. And when I started w- working with the public, it, I kept reading this not good enough energy. And I've wrote about it in another book, Insight and Awareness. And I was like, to the point that I was like, not, Surely not everybody has this energy, you know. Maybe there's something wrong with my read, and then as I've gone forward, it's like you can nearly find it. I haven't, we'll put it this way I haven't found anyone that I couldn't find that not good enough energy. You know, we can hold our confidence really well when everything's going to our expectations and we feel really accepted and then when we have a mutual respect when we meet people you know you can tell when people have a mutual respect for you and and we feel very comfortable but when you know our world rattles then we fall and one of our go-to positions when we fall is actually this not good enough energy and we go into self-blame and we go to shame where and we go to a sense of humiliation where we think there is something, you know, shame is there's something wrong with us, guilt is I've done something wrong, I'm the cause of this, and humiliation means that everyone else has the power around me to make me feel less than, and there there I found that's where people were going to when they felt really rattled, and it was regardless of whether they were abuse abused or had been in narcissistic relationships, we all seemed to orientate back to the negative, so part of what i do with clients is is get them to reframe what they're experiencing and what they're feeling and then start working out alternatives that work for them and everyone's unique that it, that you don't automatically go to guilt shame um and humiliation and that which creates this feeling of not good enough and It doesn't matter how evolved you become and it doesn't matter how much you understand yourself, there is still going to be moments where you feel that insecurity. So it's then dealing with the insecurity instead of trying to tell yourself you should never feel that again. It's like, okay, when I do feel this, my my go-to position will be to support myself and to validate the truth of what I'm feeling and then to give myself some options. Because when we fall into victimhood, we take away our ability to have options.
0: Right. Well, because it, it, it can feel like there aren't any options, that it's just what is just our default to move back into that energy you described. So Lorraine, I'd be curious to hear if if you can sense that energy of the not good enough. Can you also sense the energy when someone feels that higher sense of themselves in terms of knowing that nothing can really affect their value. Nothing can reduce your value because you are a Mm. infinite being. Can you sense that energy in people when they feel that just sort of net state of being where they know their worth?
1: Yeah. And it's when, um, the best way to describe it is that they feel comfortable with who they are. So regardless of who's around them or what they're experiencing, they're having a trust in themselves that they can be present in whatever is occurring. So, and I find those types of people are extremely honest with themselves. So they don't, they don't try to override their emotions. They acknowledge them and they deal with them and they move on. They got a very clear vision, or probably better to say, a very clear understanding that what is occurring is they're in a constant moving event. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with feeling insecure or upset or, you know, any of what we refer to as negative emotions as long as it's not your way of being. You know, if something happens, like a tragedy, you sh- and you feel sad and you feel confused, If you acknowledge the truth of those feelings, they move as you move through the experience. When we struggle to acknowledge the truth of how we feel and dishonor ourselves, you know, devalue ourselves, go into not good enough stuff. We then hold on to the beliefs that hold those kind of emotional energies with us because they're reaffirming something. It might be a belief, it might be a fear. It might be even a frustration. So we use the present to reaffirm the stored emotions within us. So for us, when you're trying to really operate from the truth of yourself and be present, you have to be honest about whatever it is you're feeling. A lot a lot of people, what I do feel is like a false version. And what they're doing is telling themselves what they should be feeling. And they're telling themselves how they should be acting so they're like scripting their own stage and performance and that that comes across very confused energy and it it can be perceived as very confident but it's uh it's it's very shallow so w- when i feel people that are really operating from the truth of themselves you can feel a depth with them and you can you can also feel that they can really explain and express how they're feeling. They may choose not to do that to you, you know, because a lot of people that are very confident within themselves, they choose who they allow in their inner sanctum of who they will explain how they really feel. And they're very good at working out who to trust and who to be polite to and keep walking.
0: That's so important in the process. And when you say that, Lorraine, it also brings up the idea that I think maybe a pertinent distinction between those who can make the shift from victimhood into being able to respect honor themselves not go to this place of not good enough is that they're able to shift from the belief that's created when you're a victim which is I can't trust other people. And also a lack of being able to trust yourself because mm. when other people violate you or harm you or manipulate you, you start to question your own what? choices, your own worth, but also just your mm. own, like, you know, you, you start questioning every, like, is it okay to think this way? Is it okay to act this way? Is it okay to do these things? Right? So you're, you're, if you're constantly questioning yourself, you don't even know if you have the ability to say hey it's okay you know i had i got fired from this job and rather than going into i'm not good enough i can see okay i'm moving on to a new opportunity this didn't work out but when you don't trust yourself you're just constantly questioning yourself and you want other people to be able to tell you whether something is okay or not whether you're safe or not and that really makes it you're just kind of drowning right you're just struggling to stay Mm -hmm. afloat in the ocean And it's hard to feel that sense of worthiness when you're just, when you don't know that you can.
1: Absolutely. And you can you can start, say, a relationship, say, with a narcissist or, you know, start a job working for a narcissist or a coworker and and all the rest of them and have very good confidence in yourself and trust yourself. And then there can be this chipping away and you don't realize because when people come from their heart, and they're sort of giving people the benefit of the doubt and all the rest of it. Then they'll often accommodate other people's emotions. And then if someone is slyly, especially covert narcissist, just undermining, undermining. And you can tell yourself it. You're if you know it's just them. Don't worry about it. But if that is if that is for a long term it will chip away at even the strongest person. And most narcissists will choose people that are lively, um, very friendly and very confident in themselves because they take a sense of power of diminishing that, you know, I call it turning the light off, you know, diminishing the light. So there's all these different events and experiences and interaction with other people that can cause us to actually lose a bit of our own shine and the trouble is is that when we're like what you said is is it we learn not to trust other people but we also learn not to trust ourselves and that is the important part is coming back and recognizing you know not because of me this person is responding and reacting this way you know for for most abuse victims the first port of call they'll have is turn it on themselves. I shouldn't have walked down that street. And we, and society does it to them. Well, what were they wearing? You know, all those kind of things. So the message is you cause this, you put yourself in harm's way. And then that, that becomes an, um like an avalanche of negativity that the person, if they're not feeling good about themselves, will grab a hold of. So there's all these different components that add up to being stuck in victimhood or feeling not good enough. And a lot of the time you need to pull those components apart and see it for what it is. That is how they abused you. That is what they used to manipulate you. That is what they used to to make themselves feel superior because they felt so inferior. And the only way they could do it was to try and make someone else feel inferior. And when you start understanding all that, all of a sudden you realize, hang on, how do I feel about myself? And that's where your options come in. You know, what are my options? How, you know, what can I give myself permission to feel about myself? And, I, and, when you know, it's like an emotional cage until we actually realize the key sitting at our feet and all we have to do is pick it up, but we've got to use it and we've got to really work at it Because, you know, it's so easy to fall into that victimhood kind of mentality.
0: Yes, yes. And I love that you bring up that idea of being in the cage and Mm. being the only one that has that key that can set ourselves free. Because the other thing that happens when we're in that mentality of not trusting ourselves and not knowing our worth is that we think that everybody else has the key. That if we get enough approval, if we are successful, if people like us, if we never mess up, if we're never insulted or criticized or put down, if nothing bad happens, then we'll be set free. If just, if, if all the circumstances around us in our lives just all works out perfectly, then we'll be set free. And that puts so many people in this lifelong pursuit of just trying to obtain things outside of themselves to feel, to believe that they can be free when the truth is that the only thing that will ever set you free is when you decide for yourself that you are free, no matter what, no matter what happens around you, no matter what happens to you, that, you know, your value and your worth, and that you are free to be happy and to be at peace and to live, live your life, regardless of circumstances.
1: Yeah I'm sitting here nodding at everything you're saying yes 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 because that's a beautiful sum up and one of the things that I, I you know promote is if you are born you are significant right full stop you don't have to defend it you don't have to prove it you don't have to argue with someone about that if you are born you're a soul in a physical body and you are significant and if you can really uh, Let yourself understand that, you know, not just don't just grab the belief and then go, right, you know, because I always say, you know, are you white knuckling it? Because a lot of people will grab a hold of a belief and go, right, this is the truth and I'm gonna make myself believe it. No, you're looking for it, you're finding ways to allow that to resonate with you. So if it sparks your curiosity, then look into something. You know, if it if it gives you comfort, then give yourself permission to have that comfort. But we're all running around and, and it's the way that we've created our society that we scale people's worth by their possessions and positions and all the rest of it where we should be scaling. Well, we shouldn't be scaling but we should value the person because each of us are unique and individual. There's no... you. I'm completely different to you. You're completely different to me. We're rare and there's one of us on the planet, and we should respect and value that. Yes, and, and in, enjoy seeing the uniqueness of people instead of trying to conform to everything.
0: Now I'm over here nodding my head at everything you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so we're definitely we're feeling each other, Lorraine. We're yeah. feeling it. Yeah, and and I I often just sit and think about how remarkable it is the way that we live on this planet, because just what you said, we are inherently of, of value. Um, the fact that we're born into this world and have this experience of these living, breathing beings who have you know, free will and creation and can love and all of this could make life be the most exciting, joyous thing. Yet we really turned it into a bit of a nightmare in a lot of ways. Because to me, a nightmare is when you feel like you're trapped in something you can't get out of. And that's ben. how a lot of people live their lives. Whether they're ben. trapped literally by circumstances, whether they're trapped mentally, as we've been speaking about, believing that they're no good, they're not of value, that they're marred because they've been abused or hurt or whatever it is. It's just uh fascinating. And then that's you know, really all of this is why I have this show. Women, Waken in particular, and why I really do believe in the principles of the Divine Feminine, because to me that is the shift that needs to, that can happen on this planet to help us see that we don't have to live this way. We've created these circumstances, all these rules that say, from the moment you're born, if you are not this, that, and the other thing, then you will not be loved, and you don't have value, and you're really worth nothing. So you better be very afraid and work real hard. To earn mm. your worthiness, and that is insane. For just as you said, we're we're a, this perfect infinite spirit that comes into the world. What more could we ever need? We don't need anything, truly. Yeah, and it's, it's well, worth. and it's
1: like we're competing against each other when we can be inspiring and s- celebrating and supporting each other. I, I, I watched this young girl and everybody that knows her comments on this and, and it's she when something great happens for you she just naturally celebrates with you she's excited for you she she embraces that this is a wonderful experience that you're having and everyone goes oh it's great you know the first person when something happens is I you know want to ring my friend and let her know because she just has a beautiful way to respond and, and I thought it this particular day we're all sitting talking about this event and this how this person responded. and I thought, isn't that sad that that's not classed as normal that <laughs> we should be celebrating each other and it's kind of it's it's quite funny we watch people, especially in the workplace, they're competing and then you know and they, you know, we do little sly things to each other, trying to ho- create that pecking order where I'm in front. And it's, as I always look at it, you know, so you you potentially have just stopped yourself from having a lifelong friend, someone that's going to support you and, or, you know, and I've seen people do some terrible things to each other for, you know, 20 cents extra an hour, you know, like, it's like, really, why, why didn't you try and collectively bargain and get everybody an extra 20 cents an hour or whatever it is so i've watched human nature through all my different experiences and go there is another way to do this but why is that not our go-to you know that's the big question why is that not our go-to on my podcast i ask every guest what does humanity need to acknowledge and understand for us to evolve and it's it's always some think along the lines the answer comes back to caring loving and being supportive of each other and so we know that it's a it's a missing element to how we're living
0: it is fundamentally it is and i believe we do this because we have this scarcity mindset this mindset of if you get that then i miss out if, yeah. if you have more than I have less, so you can't have more and I can't be happy for you when you win, because that means I lose, right? It's it's yeah. the comp- competitive nature, but that's also a falsehood that we've created. It's not true. There's plenty to go around. And it's like that proverb that says, when you, if you have a candle and you light another person, you lose nothing from lighting another person's candle, right? Yeah, you don't that. lose your flame. It just, offers more light in the world. We each truly have our own light. Yet we're so terrified that we don't, that we fight one another and say, "No, no, no, you put your light out so my light can shine." And we're <laughs> we have this competition, we have this scarcity mindset. It's and just like you said, the shift that can happen that will change everything is when we recognize that we gain so much more and actually can be so much more abundant and productive and creative when we cooperate, when we collaborate. When we mm. cheer each other on, when we celebrate one another, when we inspire one another, and it's so crazy when you look around the world. And if you speak of this, people will laugh at you and they'll be like, oh gosh, this this hippie with their hippie <laughs> ideas. and and that's fine. You know, people say that to me. I, I just truly believe that it's inevitable that we because to me, that's the ultimate truth. And ultimate truth always prevails because ultimate truth is akin to love. It's a true expression. And love is the only true expression. When you collaborate and you cooperate with one another, when you only love your brother and your sister, then you can actually flourish. And that's the mm-hmm. only state that's sustainable. The way we live now is not sustainable. That's why we're, I think we're reaching right now the, you know, the fever pitch of all this madness, I would call it of not only fighting one another but fighting with ourselves as we discussed before right having that sense of not enoughness having ourselves the sense that we are not worthy is that war with the self that has raged on for way too long and caused so much misery in the world when we're i really truly believe that we're meant to be joyous creatures
1: (laughs) yeah i agree yeah and I i do wonder you know i often think you know humanity's like a um we're like, we're on a pendulum, we go to the extremes. And then, then, you know, because we're hitting up against a brick wall, and we're destroying ourselves, then, then we get smart, and we move, we move back, you know, like, so, well, I hope that's what we're doing, you know, like, because we are going to a lot of extremes. And we are, a lot of us operate, you know, when I look at I I refer to our emotional baggage as our soul's unconsciousness, you know, call call it shadow self and all sorts of things. But when when I read it, I read the barriers. And the first barrier is resistance, denial, avoidance, and codependency. And we can be codependent on resistance, denial, and avoidance. And we seem to In our nature, operate very much from denial when we don't know how to fix anything or how to deal with anything, we orientate to that. And then we, you know, we have a lot of resistance to change and we have a lot of avoidance to reality, you know, to being really, you know, in the truth that you're talking about. And so it's until we deal with our resistance, denial, and avoidance and our codependency on believing that our control can change, the, the rea- change reality to give us what we want. You know, we're looking at, you know, we're destroying a lot of things, but it's also we're destroying the things that we need, like fresh air, clean water, good soil, all these things that we need for survival. So we think we can control them with chemicals and all sorts of things, but we're destroying them. And, you know, we... There's enough of us now that are aware of that, that, you know, the momentum's starting to change, but, you know, hopefully we change to something that is sustainable and working in the laws of reality and working with truth instead of resisting it and thinking we know better.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I I do think that all of those things are going to contribute to a shift. And I do think we're going to swing away from this radical state of just conflict with one yeah. another. And and just as you said, just this absurdness of again, because of our scarcity mindset and our competitive ways, we're <laughs> destroying the earth, <laughs> the very place that we, you know, is giving us life and we can call home. And and that doesn't need to be that way. So I do believe yeah. that once we begin to have a greater understanding and mature as you know yes. a species, because you talk a lot about evolution and souls are ever evolving. And of course souls have infinite wisdom. But we are having a human experience where we forget everything so that we can grow even more as a soul, but through remembering, through every adverse experience, through every challenge in life, our soul came here for it to grow, to to grow
1: and evolve. Oh, absolutely. And, and to be honest with you, it's the main stain of what I'm doing because I look at soul maturity. Now, your soul is quite mature. Our understanding of our soul is Immature. You know, so the truth of who you are at the core of your being is a very mature being. Our, you know, because I break it down for people and say, like, there's the truth of yourself, the truth of your soul, and then there's your soul's unconsciousness, which is your emotional baggage. And I'm talking here now, but I'm an interface for both those parts of myself. And sometimes I'm extremely conscious and I sound, you know, very insightful and other times you know my emotions might get the better of me or my belief systems and all the rest of it and I'm operating from my soul's unconsciousness so and the you know getting real about ourselves allows us to have soul maturity where we start to really understand ourselves as souls and that's what gives us spiritual and personal growth is by being able to be honest with ourselves and that is the precursor for any type of evolution or transformation or whatever buzzword we're using is is it is a understanding of ourselves and that understanding creates wisdom and then when you're operating from your natural wisdom you're operating from your consciousness
0: Right, uh, we, and that's when yeah. we get that greater sense of freedom and knowing yes. about ourselves, knowing of who we truly are, and no longer dipping into those waters of not having worth and not having value. Because I know I've found in my in my journey as I am moving into this place of knowing, you know, my wisdom and knowing the truth about myself is I I have less of that desire to dip into those what I would call lower mm. energies, lower frequencies, which is oh I knew it I'm not good enough oh I I have to you know, monitor at every turn, whether or not I'm being perceived, how I want to be perceived, if I'm achieving what I think I should achieve. It's That's all very, um, you know, sort of disregarding yourself and your inherent worth, which just as you said, when we gain wisdom, we know our inherent worth. And, you know, all of this, Lorraine, is a big part of your work. So I'd love to talk more about that. And also on this note, Lorraine, you, you mentioned earlier the idea that we can't just tell ourselves, okay, I'm done with it. I am I know my worth. I'm good to go. Let's go. All right. I headed out into the, you know, into the battlefield. And then we just fall over again. It's, it's not something, and this is what you said. You can't do it through thinking. You can't think yourself mm-hmm. into knowing your worth. It's something that you feel. Yeah. And there's so many things like that in our world where you cannot figure it out through the mind. You can only feel it in your heart through your soul just as you said the conscious part of your soul that's where everything is effortless you don't have to force it and really you can never force yourself to to love yourself it it's you have i i've said in my show before that self love is a state of being so it's mm. you really have to you do work and you shift your your energy and your belief and your essence into a space where you just effortlessly know and again like i said before you stop you wouldn't even think about playing those games of am I good good enough or am I not you know did, did enough people like my post on Instagram okay I got a lot of likes on Instagram I'm, I'm good to go today <laughs> you know we don't play those games when we know our worth truly
1: yeah yeah no that's right because it because all that becomes quite superficial yes. you know so it's because because we are sort of herd orientated so you know if if a celebrity wears something and then all of a sudden there's a mad rush to buy that, it's it's not an expression of uniqueness. It's not an expression of who you are. It's you jumping on the, you know, the the way the herd is running. Mm-hmm. When you when you're more holding to the truth of yourself, you'll you'll know your reasons why you're doing certain things. And and there'll be sometimes a calling you know you'll feel something within you that will go this is the direction I feel I need to walk I'm not sure why but I'm going to head that way and most of what you're doing becomes an expression of where you're at at that time and who who you are and there's a there's a very big difference where When we're operating within, you know, we we all want to even even then we still want to be accepted by the herd. We just change what we class as our herd. We want to engage with people. We want to get to know them. We don't just want them to validate us and like us. They want we want to be heard. We want people to understand what what we're doing and why we're doing it and all those sorts of things where we come with some substance not just an image and we've become a world that's very image driven and it's easy to fall into that trap and and what's really interesting because you know when you're working with people on the other side they can have a brilliant instagram image and everything looks great 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 and they're so lonely and they're so lost because it is all just an image there and they know there's a lack of meaningfulness within themselves, and the, it can become the gilded cage as well. So we are really looking at when when you're looking at evolution, it, it you know it's back to the old saying of know thyself, and then it, regardless of whether it's being validated or or even attacked, you can hold to you the truth of yourself because judgment and our instinct understanding that judgment can cause a lot you know we can cause a lot of grief with the way that we judge people how we ignore people and all those kind of things and we all have an instinct sort of fear of negative judgment being put down and that is at its strongest when there's a part of us that believes we're not good enough that is at its weakest when we go that's your opinion i know who i am mm-hmm. do you know who you are because most of the people that are doing a lot of judging and putting people down don't understand themselves either they don't understand what's motivating them to operate that way so the more we understand ourselves the more we can acknowledge that's happening but not absorb it mm-hmm. so our observation objective understand, um objective observation helps our understanding when we don't do that we'll turn other people's judgment into our self-judgment and that's when we do a lot of damage
0: yes yes mm-hmm. indeed Lorraine, how do you walk people through this in your work because i know this is a lot of what you do is to help people move from that space of being so dependent on others, feeling so deficient in themselves, how do you help them do it from that place of in their heart, from their conscious soul, not just trying to, you know, repeat the mantras, try and do it through their head. How The people that you see make the most progress, that they're able to move out of that victimhood mentality. What is it that helps them get there? What are the steps that you guide them through or offer to them?
1: Okay so so generally when I'm working with people the first thing I explain to them is that we're now in an exploration so this isn't about me imparting information to you and you accepting it and trying to hold on and control yourself to what I'm telling you to do so we get that off the table and then it's like when we're in the exploration we we the person will identify what's causing them grief or you know what emotion emotional reactions they're having and then we'll look to explore and I'll track their energy and I'll look for belief systems and fears and control structures and all sorts of things that are upholding their behavior or their you know, their self-belief and start breaking it down. So what we're looking for is the truth of what we can find that is going to allow that person to better understand themselves. So I say I'm um, I'm the tour guide. I'm pointing out different things. You're the one that's experiencing it. And the ones that go really well are the ones that are ready to be honest with themselves. They don't, everyone walks in the door wanting to be fixed. And if they can convert very quickly to, okay, this is a process. And this is part of my, my soul experience and my life experience. And part of my life purpose is to Take this, it's unresolved, and convert it into wisdom that I understand. So they, and then they've got to integrate what they understand. So I sort of say there's seven sort of steps, and everyone, sorry, everyone's a little bit different. But your first step is really acknowledgement. You've got to follow your curiosity. If something sparks curiosity into you, in you, be aware of that. And acknowledge it because it's a door opener. It'll take you somewhere. And then I always say there's the exploration stage where you have to be honest, open-mindedness, and you you got to look at what you're trying to defend because every we all defend our emotional baggage. So ask yourself why you're defending it. What are you trying to protect? And that there is a back backdoor way of really exploring what the issues is. Are. And I always tell people remember that sometimes before we can really get an understanding of something, we got to do what I call reconnaissance. We live it, we experience it. We are, and that's how you know. Even our negative, even our trauma. Okay, you've you've done the reconnaissance. You know what it does to you. You know what it's like. Okay, let's let's go into the exploration of what we can learn from where you've been and what we can alter, you know, reframe your thinking, um, explore some of the belief systems and debunk them because a lot of them are false. Um, Even a lot of people need to understand why they've got that belief system in the first place. Everyone's a little bit different to what they actually need and what will help them move forward. And then there's active participation as they You need to be truthful and engaged with your reality. So if you're in resistance, you need to acknowledge you're in resistance. If you're in denial, you need to acknowledge you're in denial. And that helps you move forward. And then there's dynamic self-awareness where you respect your own insight and your own curiosity and you start respecting the journey. And I know that's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. It is a journey. And as you would know, is that you, it's like putting a jigsaw puzzle together. You get a couple of pieces, not sure what the picture is. And then all of a sudden you get a couple more pizza, pieces and all of a sudden it starts to make more sense to you. So you've got to be part of that gathering the pieces. And then there's unification with truth, where you accept things as the truth and you stop fighting truth. And that lets you embrace your uniqueness and your independence so that you can choose how you respond instead of being just emotionally reactive. And that's a big lesson. I spend a lot of time with people teaching them the difference of that's a reaction. How do you want to respond? And when they, you know, give yourself a minute, let yourself think, let yourself feel okay. Your reaction is to, you know, yell at someone because they have embarrassed you okay how do you want to respond and the, and um you this is actually off a person and they said actually i don't think i want to waste my time explaining it to them then there's your response so know the difference between an emotional reaction and giving yourself permission to respond and then there's integration all the things that you learn is really starting to live it in your day-to-day life and then there's continuity Keep that momentum going because it's part of you, not something you've learned. It's part of you. It's part of you recognizing that is the truth of who I've always been without this big emotional blanket over the top of me. So it's a big process depending on where people are at. And it's a process that once once they learn the process and they can use it in lots of different ways and like i said every person is unique so what works for you may not work for me what works for susie may not work for johnny what works for johnny might work for 50 other people easily but there's you know so it's respecting your own uniqueness and finding what resonates with you
0: lauren that was so beautiful thank you so much for sharing the stats a lot
1: it's a, it's, it's, a, you know, like we, we like to simplify it, but the reality is, is when you're coming out of any type of emotional trauma, regardless of what it is, and, or any really ingrained belief system, which may be an indoctrination, it might have been something that was given to you and you've absorbed it, but any of those things, it's, it's, it can be very complex. And once you get to the point that you, you can simplify your own understanding, then you got a lot of movement. And then you get to the point where you can let it go.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's when somebody can truly they get that key, right? They can set themselves yeah. free once they get to that point.
1: Yeah. And it it definitely. is,
0: and I think a big thing for anyone listening to know is that it is possible. Because yes. I know a lot of people who find themselves in that place where, as I said, it can feel like something has a hold of you rather than you are just holding on to something that it's. Hopeless, that it's not possible, yet it is. And it's, and the way you describe those steps, what I liked about it is that one, it is a lot, yet one flows into the other. And that's important to know is that it doesn't all happen all at once. And all of a sudden you're alleviated of these feelings and beliefs you've had for years, decades, whatever it might be, one step at a time. And you get a little relief at a time. And that relief inspires greater growth and greater curiosity, as you spoke to about, well, maybe maybe it is possible (laughs) to feel differently. Maybe it is possible to shift what I used to think I knew about myself and about life.
1: Yeah. And we're constantly evolving because life's constantly unfolding in front of us as well. And one, one of the big things that I explained to just about every client I've ever had is that every emotion, every belief, every fear, every control structure has layers to it, you know, because we think, I'll just use resentment as an example. We think, oh, I've sorted out my resentment. I understand it. And then all of a sudden you're feeling resentful again. And our, one of our typical go-tos is like, oh, I've healed nothing. You know, I'm still in the same place. It's like, no, you have. And now you can go a little bit deeper in your resentment. It's taking you to another layer. It's taking you to another layer. And that is part of the process is that, you know, it, it takes you, our souls are clever. They take us in as far as we can handle. And then then later on another experience, reconnaissance, will, will happen and we might feel the same thing. And it's like, okay, you got to a deeper level. So, you know, it's not that it's a one and done, you know, I've fixed this, I'll never experience that again. It is when I experience that. I've got all these tools now I can use, and I've got this different way of looking at that. So, and that's the important part. Otherwise people get really, really upset that they think that they've they've put all this work into understanding themselves and, and therapy and all sorts of things, and then they experience the same emotion again, and they think, oh, was a waste of time. No, no, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. It's we another tend think layer. That. We, th- we tend to think, oh, Hey, yeah. what, what's up with this? I'm now. Oh, great. <laughs> I've <did, laughs> made no progress. And I, I often encourage that with people. I say, don't forget to look back. Cause it's so yes. easy if you're only looking forward to just say, Oh man, I'm this happened and I'm having this emotional response. I haven't grown at all. Well, take a look five years ago, 10 years ago. You know, give yourself oh, some grace to see that oh my gosh, actually, you know, I was so much deeper into my pain, into my self-doubt and insecurity 10 years ago than today, my goodness. Okay. All right. I it's I'm still having some hiccups yet. Wow, I've actually I have made a lot of progress and all of this work has made a difference.
1: Oh, it, it absolutely. actually took back yeah, you need to do that. I, I do that in my workshops. They start somewhere and they do a quick questionnaire. And then at the end, I, it's just, it looks like a very different questionnaire, but it's just worded different. And then I put the two together and I say, look how far you've gone in two days. Look how far your understanding of yourself has gone in two days because we forget to celebrate that I'm not where I'm not where I was 2 years ago and that is normal like we, evolution is a process you know and and life's a process whether you feel like you're evolving or not is where you were say 2 years ago is not where you're at now and and it's good to look back and see oh my god there's a lot of growth in what I've what I've been doing and it, sometimes it's so subtle um we don't realize it and I love I do, I do this myself, is that sometimes a client will come in and I'll think, oh, I used to do that. When it's not a problem, you don't think about it anymore. It's, it's off the radar. And I was like, oh, I used to do that all the time myself, you know. So sometimes it's good to see. oh, that thing that I used to do or that ruminating thought that I used to have is no longer. I've evolved past it.
0: Yes. And that, that is such a great point. It's so true is that it's so we often, again, it's kind of human nature. Just keep looking at the next hurdle. We don't even, yes. we might've struggled with something for 10 years and then we get rid of it and we're like, okay, yeah, but now I got this ahead of me. So forget that I accomplished <laughs> yes. that. Forget that I've made huge leaps and bounds. I still have this other hurdle in front of me. So we, we just, we, we are very very good at taking things for granted, right? The things that we no longer have to deal with. It's There's a great power, I believe, in that space of appreciation and gratitude to take the moment, gratitude for yourself, right? Because you didn't yeah. overcome that. You haven't shifted to the point that you just described where you say, wow, this, this client is sharing with me about their struggle to maybe it's being a relationship because they can't believe somebody loves them or whatever it might be. And you might say, oh gosh, I used to feel that way. And now I'm in a healthy relationship. Wow, look at look at
1: that. You know, change did happen. I did grow. Yeah. Cause I I believe that we really understand our growth when we see the contrast. Yes. You well, we that, need that. that.
0: Well, that, yeah, that we goes back to the analogy of life itself of you know, we're on this planet to experience duality because when yes. we're in that space of perfection and our you know, being a part of source and our true soul essence we don't know. All we know is that, is that light. And it's not, we come to earth to see just how glorious that light is because we see the contrast here.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, that just sums it up beautifully.
0: Yeah. Well, Lorraine, this whole conversation has been so beautiful and so wonderful. I've just loved it. I really appreciate you joining me on your day of summer solstice on my day of winter, I like that contrast, right? There's a contrast (laughs) right there, the The duality, the dark and the light, right? That's actually kind of beautiful because that's you're in the light right now. I'm in the dark it's, and then in six months from now we'll switch. So, you know, there's cycles in life, there's times for different things. And, you know, I like to honor the winter solstice as a time to sort of go down and reflect and see what you want to release and kind of you take a respite and you're in that part of you know celebrating enjoying a long day the longest day of the year with lots of sunshine and joy so both both are a part of the sacred cycle of life
1: beautiful thank yeah. you i've enjoyed the conversation
0: me too so lorraine if people would love to learn more about you purchase your books potentially work with you how can they find you
1: so um on my website um ww dot and um, the books are on Amazon and, and, you know, all outlets where you can buy online. And also um, there's the podcast where I talk to other authors about, well, spirituality, recovery, trauma, um, all sorts of things that you're in the self-help genre, really, and in that self-development genre.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Lorraine, thank you again so much. Enjoy the rest of your your summer. And I look forward to collaborating in the future.
1: Thank you. I've enjoyed myself. Thank you.
0: Take care. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.